Winter, spring, summer, fall, seasons change, we still keep it together. Hey Beverly Hills 90210 fans, are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullen. The the real person. And we go, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. (laughs) Kathleen looks TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh, yeah. What an intro. Here we are on the super deluxe Christmas party. It is good to see everybody here. Everybody is following along. We've got uh, so many different people saying Merry Christmas and yay, so excited and all this. All right. Well, Larry, you sort of created the super deluxe Christmas party. Are you ready for year two of this thing? Jeez. Uh, uh, you know, I think the nice thing I think we're doing is we're getting fans involved with this stuff. You know, we, we did have our festival of fans and now we've got the Christmas party and, and also everyone working on the show still is excited about reuniting with everybody else. So Christmas is a great time for that. We again, got to talk to people we haven't talked to in a year. Like it's amazing. We, this group is keeping together. And I was just thinking about how many new friends uh, we've made uh, from America's zip code and before that planet's uh, to an I, I can't wait to travel and, and, and see people. And, you know, it's been good that we created this community out of, a, as Chuck says, a show that's been, you know, out of circulation for 31 years now and had the lowest license fee of any show on television at the time. Wow. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, the ghost of Christmas <laughs> 90210, Mr. Charles Rosen. It is good. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, you know, Christmas is something that is really was growing up was much more important to me than Hanukkah. I'm hmm. sorry. I would dress up. I'd be singing Christmas musics with the chorale. I would go, went to the school, the Albion street school, like Brandon and some of the kids did, which uh, we, we saw on the montage. Um, and, uh, you know, we always had really, you know, some of my best memories were going, uh, out to breakfast at my parents' country club, Hillcrest Country Club with pancake breakfasts. And so it, it, it really, uh, we just never got any snow, but, uh, you right. know, certainly this is, I want to echo Larry, you know, my first impulse was always to do nonetheless, even though for my love of Christmas, 
I, I, you know, I still would want to be a bar humbug kind of thing, you know, but Chuck, you can't did do you it. Grow, I, can't did I can you put on my, my credit, my, my uh, sweater from, from London, England, where we're nice. going later mm. today. And, did you uh, hang a stocking up? Did you hang a stocking? I got the stocking and I well, got did the you hang it When you were a kid, did you hang a stocking up as a kid? Did you hang a no, our, our, we no, had we something did. very, it was so Beverly Hills, you'll love this, Larry. Uh -oh. My father, Sidney, was a great guy and he was a very prominent pediatrician. So all of his patients loved him and they'd sent, this was the era of sending Christmas gifts to the, you know, the people who were your service people and people you loved. And so... My dad would get like 70 gifts, anywhere between huh? 50 and 70 gifts. Yeah. When he finally was winding down on his practice, he'd get 30 gifts. And the deal yeah. was we'd sit around, and if we could guess what it was, we could keep it. Ooh, that's a fun game. That is yeah. a fun and game. If, and as I got older, you know, I could, I could tell if it was, you know, J&B or Cuddy Sark. And I, I think that's Cuddy Sark. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> so, you know, I would. Uh, but that uh, was, yeah. Great. Want to say uh, Rebecca says Melanie looks gorgeous. So uh, there you go. Thank we you, all Rebecca. echo that comment. Um, this is exciting too because one of the things that we're presenting today is all of the story slams that uh, Chuck and Larry worked on. Looks like Larry froze. You know that mm. that story that you told about the gift. Charles just went on too long. <laughs> he, he froze up with excitement over that. So oh, it must have been, you know, the, the mention of Cuddy Sark. And it's like, no, it's it's Hopefully, he knows past. to to leave and come back in the room. He's he does. He's, he's, he's so smart. With he's that but so Charles, um, I want to ask you. So we've got four of these. We have Jenny Garth who who. Uh, read one of these. We have Jason Priestley and a lot, lot of mystery guests that that performed in Story Slam. Was it fun to go back and revisit the world of nine hundred two one zero? It's been a minute since you've done that. Well, Larry will will confirm this that it's it's really the only thing I can write. <laughs> I left nine hundred two one zero with the idea that I would put words into other characters' mouths, but clearly these are the characters that that like my words better than the other ones. So, yeah, uh, it was a great. It was a blast. It How about for you, Larry? Was it fun to revisit uh, the world of Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero? We've spent you spent some time oh, here sure. with yeah. Talking. I yeah. mean, you know, they're characters you're comfortable with, and you're also excited about stuff you hadn't really dealt with before. You know, these uh, uh, secrets that characters had, and we kind of slept them in between uh, the actual timeline of the show and stuff. So you know, they're all plausible and fit into the timeline, and you know, it's kind of uh, satisfying to see. You know, right. again moving the characters around the chessboard as we you know got to do and privileged to do well, all right key word pete just before we go on that key word is secrets and there was an old tv show called the secrets of midland heights and every one of our story slams reveals a secret that's right mm -hmm. um let's bring on a friend of ours who is was an actor in the first one that we're doing the first one is called lords of the dance um it's a two it's two parts i have to press it it's one part whatever it's just it's just complicated so if you see us it's going to be one long thing i'm sorry technical things here is caitlin caitlin is the star one of the stars of this thing so um how are you caitlin merry Hi. christmas all that Hi. stuff can you hear me can yes. you great? We can hear you. We can see you. And we admired your performance. That's for damn sure. Nailed it. Now we, we, can, now we, now we cannot hear you. Now we cannot well, hear you. You know. What now about we now? Now you sound great. Now you sound great. Yeah. Solid. So how was this doing this? You know what I mean? I, you haven't seen this yet. 
but um, we think your performance is incredible. You play young Kelly Taylor in this thing. I do. Was that fun for you to visit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like at first, like because Kelly's not like my favorite. So then I was like, uh, Kelly. But then I actually had a lot of fun <laughs> doing it. I was like, oh, okay. So maybe I have more of an appreciation for Kelly now after playing her. Very well, cool. I, I love Jenny. We got into this quick and I forgot to do my toast. So I'm going to do a toast for young Kelly and for adult Kelly, Caitlin and Jenny Garth. Cheers. 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 Hey, I want to set something up here too, because the way this was put together again, Caitlin is playing basically in a scene, which you're going to see later on with a a gentleman named Jonah Platt playing uh, the Connor uh, part, but She's doing her lines with me, so it's that's how good she is. When that's right. This, keep that in mind that she's she's acting with me, uh, which is wrong. And, and, and again, she's acting <laughs> the vacuum because it's all been put, we put everything together remotely. If you put all this together, right? And uh, and it's just it's just great fun how this this stuff came together. And uh, yeah. well, you were very good, Larry. The road not taken. You would have been a very good casting director. Oh, you were fantastic. Both of you guys did a fantastic job putting this together. And uh, Caitlin, you're incredible in it. So why don't we get right to the chase and set this up and and and, and play this thing. We, everyone wants to see Jenny Garth come back as Kelly Tar- Taylor, the narrator. So um, do you want to tell us where in the world this is, Charles? Or do you want it to just play and 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 just play? All right. That's so okay. here it comes to first. You got to divide this into two, right? I got it. All right. It's a little, we might, we might have to hit a play button a second time, but here is the first part of this thing. I hope you guys uh, enjoy it. It's my first year at West Beverly, the week before the spring dance, and I'm on a date from hell with Rodney, the president of the senior class of our rival Beverly Hills High School, who for some inexplicable reason took me to see some Irish folk dance troupe, Lord of the Dance, and then spent the whole first act begging me to make nice with his little pal, Rodney. Didn't put up a fight last time. Last time was in a pool house, not the mezzanine. My plan was to ditch this horn dog at intermission, hiding in the ladies' room until he got the message and left without me. Just one more monotonous performance number to get through. And that's when a charismatic young phenom with raven black hair in a sea of redheads stepped out from the chorus and proceeded to steal the show. By this point, there's a standing ovation. And while the phenom is taking his bows, every so often he glances up in my direction with what looked like a meet me at the stage door kind of smile. By the time the house lights came up, Rodney was already putting on his parka. I don't know what the big fuss was all about. He wasn't that great. Somebody's jealous. We're like, we're stiff. Come on, let's go. I gotta pee. I ducked into the women's room and stood in line. A familiar face came out of the first stall. Kelly. Mrs. Walsh. And then out of the second stall. Kelly. Brenda. I can't believe you're here. Well, at the last minute, a relative of Jim's from Ireland left two tickets at the box office for us. How do you like the show? Mm, until that cutie pie did his solo, it was, you've seen one Irish chorus line, you've seen them all. Brenda started to smirk. The cutie pie is cousin Connor, who gave us the tickets. Well, he's coming back to the house afterwards, if you want to stop by and meet him. Sure. Twist my arm, why don't you? 
Cousin Connor recognized me the moment I arrived, and the chemistry between us was not lost on anybody. As he tried to teach Brenda and I a few basic moves, Brandon, the non-dancer, seemed a little distant as he went upstairs to study. Eventually, Jim and Sandy headed upstairs as well. I wish we had more shows in LA, but tomorrow night it's Anaheim, then San Diego, Sacramento, etc. So much for my plans to show you the town this week. I could ditch the second show in Portland and be back Saturday night. Saturday night is the spring dance. Ah, who's the lucky guy taking you? I don't have a date. Well, you do now? Brenda rolled her eyes. Good night, Kelly. Good night, Connor. I took the cue and picked up my car keys. Do you need a ride? I was going to call a taxi. I can drive you to your hotel. From the top of the stairs. Oh, I bet he'd like that. <laughs> she knows me. The next morning, I slid up to Brenda with only one thing on my mind. Brenda got right to the point. Did he invite you to come upstairs and sleep with him? I really wanted to. Especially after you started making out with him in the car. Let me tell you something about your cousin Connor. From the look in Brenda's eye, I began to wonder, had Brenda ever made out with cousin Cutie? Not me, but all my friends in Minnesota sure did when the dance played for a week in the Twin Cities, winter before last. Connor spent the week going from one girl to the next, including Brandon's girlfriend. Hmm, that's why your brother was so aloof. Exactly. And I guess you're saying I shouldn't expect the handsome Hofer from court to meet me at the spring dance. Exactly. Right before Brenda would slip out with Dylan, she stopped at my table. Looks like Cousin Cutie is a no-show. You didn't really expect him to show up, did you? Not after he didn't call all week. In that case, I give you permission to be with any guy here, except one. I watched Brenda and Dylan leave the ballroom, and as bad as it might sound all of these years later, I envied her. After the dance, I didn't want to go to the after party or the beach pit. As I said to Brenda when we were leaving, when the highlight of your evening as queen is dancing with David Silver, it's time to cut your reign short. I was about to get in my car when I heard tap dancing coming my way across the parking lot. Better like than ever, right? Hmm. Let me guess. Your plane was delayed. My plane was delayed. And you didn't call all week because? Because I forgot to get your phone number and you're unlisted. You could have called Brenda and asked for it. Or I could show up as a surprise and take you out dancing. I've been dancing nonstop for three hours. I've been dancing nonstop for three years. Sounds like we could use the night off. And then the world's greatest kisser took me in his arms and my life would never be the same. It was pretty much a joyless Thanksgiving at the Walsh's that year. Dylan and I were at each other's throats, a replay of our time in the French countryside. David Silver and I avoided eye contact while passing plates of stuffing and yams, rooting for opposite sides of the Jackie Mel squabble over baby Aaron's custody rights. And I was still reeling from the awful Me Too behavior John Sears displayed that morning at a Keg Alpha charity breakfast. With Brandon in SF and Donna in Houston, I stuck around to help Cindy and Brenda clean up the kitchen, then played some backgammon with Brenda before heading back to the beach house. A taxi pulled up as I was unlocking my car door. Out stepped Cousin Connor. You remember Connor, right? the young lead from Lords of the Dance, AKA the world's greatest kisser, who I hooked up with after the spring dance at West Beverly. Yes, you heard right. 
hooked up being the operative phrase. What are you doing here? What you think? I begged you not to come. You begged me not to come during college registration and rush week. You didn't say anything about American Thanksgiving. Look, Connor, I told you when I left Dublin, that had to be it. You told me no other lover has made you feel as sexy as I did. There's a very fine line between sexy and slutty. Well, that's exactly what you kept saying. In the shower, on the veranda, at the airport, not to mention. Stop it. Just, please. Okay, time for a slight confession. Those of you who pay attention to this kind of stuff probably remember when I confided in Donna about how Dylan and I made each other crazy jealous in the French countryside before I flew home alone from Paris a week earlier. Well, the part I left out was the weekend excursion I took to Dublin before I came home. Don't ask me what landmarks and attractions I visited because, well, we never left his flat. Worried that our sidewalk reunion might wake up the Walshes, I agreed to drive him to his hotel. Connor was not happy about our itinerary. I can't believe I fly halfway around the world to be with you and- You just told me you're doing a show in Vegas for the next 10 days. But I only took the gig to be with you. Yeah, except I don't live in Las Vegas. And by the way, I hate Las Vegas. I was just there to watch Brenda elope. Brenda's married. No, she- Connor, where are you staying tonight? On a bench at the Greyhound bus station, unless- with Donna in Houston and David staying with Mel, the apartment was dark and empty when we got home. That's right, we. I took pity on him. Nice place. Which one is your bedroom? The one at the end of the hall you won't be sleeping in. Here's your couch. Here's your pillow. There's the guest bathroom. Sweet dreams. Oh, wait a second. Can I get a blanket? Is that too much to ask? When I came back with Grandma's quilt, Connor was standing next to the couch buck naked, except for his tidy whiteies, which could barely contain his enthusiasm. What the hell do you think you're doing? Doing? I guess you forgot I sleep in my underwear. Unless someone pulls them down to my... We are not sleeping together tonight. You've made that abundantly clear, your majesty. No, no, we're not doing roleplay either. Why not? You know why not. Because we had too much fun playing characters in Dublin? No, because I said so, my lord. Growing up, my idea of camping meant sleeping bags by the pool, housekeepers keeping us stocked with fresh batches of s'mores, and toilets that flushed in the cabana. That's why the month I spent with Brandon and his parents when we first became a couple at their favorite lake in Minnesota was magical with days spent hiking, fishing, and skinny dipping in coves you couldn't see from trails, and nights full of campfires, stargazing, and romance. Unfortunately, a memory that also lingers is when we stopped at the general store for marshmallows and this stringy biker chick, who seemed high on something, recognized Brandon and started berating him for moving to California without saying goodbye. For his part, Brandon said nothing, and we drove away. Afterwards, Brandon brought me up to speed. Becky was my girlfriend going into ninth grade. I broke up with her when I found out she was fooling around with my cousin Connor. You met him at our house. He's the Irish. Yes, I know Connor. Such a prick. He turned 18 when the Lords of the Dance took up residency at the Kyle Center. 
And I swear, I think he tried to have sex with virtually every girl we knew. Yeah, Brenda told me. Wait a second. Didn't he hit on you majorly at our house? He's a shameless flirt, that's all. And he's got the biggest ego. You know what he calls himself? The world's greatest kisser. I mean, how vain can you get? At this point, I had three options. Follow Steve Sanders' credo, deny, deny, deny. Or come clean and admit we've had sex a couple of times. Or find a middle ground. Coward that I am, I admitted to making out with him when he showed up for the spring dance. Brandon was not pleased. Brandon, you were being ridiculous. It was five years ago. We fooled around after the dance. The dance you wouldn't go to with Steve? No. The dance the cute guy I had a crush on tells me he thinks of me as a sister. Well, that shut him up. Thank God he didn't ask me what else we did that night. I couldn't even imagine how he would react if I told him about our weekend in Dublin, or even worse, our role-playing tryst here at the beach house. I was still in my jammies when Brandon showed up unexpectedly. You'll never guess who showed up at Casa Walsh this morning. The stalker who tailed Valerie from Buffalo? Cousin Connor. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure the blood must have rushed out of my face at that point. Connor's in Beverly Hills? Yep. Is the dance company back in town? He got flown out by some Hollywood producer. I really wasn't paying attention until he started talking about you. Me? You sound surprised. Well... From what he told me, you two have something really special going on. He said that? Yeah, and he was just getting started. By this point, I'm ready to throw myself at the mercy of the court, beg for forgiveness, anything not to lose Brandon. And then the conversation veered in a direction I was not prepared for. He's such a bullshit artist, always talking about his conquest, his one-night stands all over the world, bragging about all the threesomes he's had. He said we were in a threesome? He said a lot of things, but most of the stuff he says, he just makes up. In fact, when Brenda had her collegiate misfire in Minnesota, Connor's name came up. And Darlin' the others compared notes. Premature much? Uh, that wasn't my experience. I think I'll keep that to myself. So how did you leave it with him? I don't think he's gonna call you this time around. What makes you say that? I introduced him to Valerie. We shared a good laugh. When I left, he was teaching her the high step. Sure sign. They'll hook up before noon. Well, he can have her. I got what I wanted. Brandon leaned in for a kiss, and then another, and then the hands came in play. That boy was no slouch when it came to loving, and he knew it. So, who would you choose as the world's greatest kisser? Cousin Connor, Dylan, Jake, or me? That's easy. I'd choose me. That phrase would come in handy later, but for now, it would have to do as Brandon and I resumed where we left off.
All right. <clears throat> there we have the first one. And joining the joining us here, Carol. Merry Carol. Merry Carol. So, so good to see him. Merry Christmas. Hi, Carol. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas, everybody. From Canada, we've got snow. Amazing. Well, you finally yeah. get it, right? I mean, you wanted snow all those years ago, and you made... <laughs> I had to come to Calgary to get my snow. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for participating in this uh, thing that we did here. Was it fun? Was it fun becoming Cindy again for the brief brief moment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed being Cindy and uh, getting involved with all the kids, and um, it it was a fun story. Oh, Very cool. You. you know, these are audio plays. You know, they were devised as audio plays, so they'll they'll actually it'll be interesting to just uh, hear them. But it was just delightful to see everyone's faces too. And Joan yeah. Platt is gorgeous, and everyone looks oh, really yes. great. And Caitlin, uh, you guys were really it's, it came together great. And the, you know, Chuck was Chuck was good, man. Yeah, is rolling <laughs> Rodney, the I know you Rodney. Rodney, you know, Rodney. But, but you know, again, we'll hear Chuck. It'll be better when we hear Chuck, the young the young yeah, Rodney. Like, no, that's for but, sure. uh, <laughs> but you know, Jenny, it's just—it's so thrilling to hear the Kelly Taylor thing, and the, again, this little secret she's telling about it—you know, just fitting in all these uh, within the, the timeline of Nano Two and all these things happened that we didn't know about. That yeah. so there's a whole lot of them for everybody, and that's kind of the fun of it. Carol, so what are you doing? Our, yeah. oh, go on, I was going to ask Carol what she's doing for the holiday, and if she wanted to say, you know, a happy holiday to the fans I, and all that. Yeah, I do. I want to say um, Merry Christmas to everybody, and. Um, I hope you're having a wonderful celebration uh, in spite of COVID. And I'm up here in Canada seeing my niece. Uh, she's got a little daughter who's two that I haven't seen in two years for obvious reasons. Sure. And her mom is here and her partner, Danielle. And we're just having a lovely time. Going to get a Christmas tree and open presents and do the whole nine yards. And you'll yeah. have Boxing Day too. You'll have the day after Christmas because Boxing Day. Yes, that this this is a custom I'm really unfamiliar with. It's terrific. <laughs> There's the same big food spread because I lived in Canada for eight years and I really enjoyed the extra holiday. It's <laughs> well, a double. It's a double barrel holiday. So I, it's holiday <laughs> forever for me. <laughs> well, Carol, thank you for joining us here too. Uh, much love to you. We think the world of you here at the show. Oh, thank and, you, sweet. In thank you, Peter. Everybody, so nice to see you. And what a great, what a great idea. Awesome. Thank Thanks, Carol. Carol. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Carol. Bye bye. Hey, uh, Caitlin, I want to ask you. This month, you're a super fan of nine hundred two one zero. Your Beverly mm -hmm. Thrills on uh, Instagram, right? So, yes. uh, what was this like for you? I mean, you're in a a project here with Jenny Garth and then also Carol Potter. That must have been exciting. Well, yeah, I, I didn't know about Carol Potter until just now. And I was <laughs> like, oh. Surprise. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like um, never, because um, I watched it as a teen in high school and um, it had already been off the air for so long. Like none of my friends knew it. So it was just me by myself watching it. So I never in a million years thought that there would be a community and a especially never thought that I would work with the people who worked on the show. That's just, I don't think I'll ever get over that. Oh, it's very, very cool. Grateful. Oh, that's, that's great. And where, well, are, I you? Wanted where, to where are you? Where are you right now? You're in Tampa, the Tampa area? Uh, kind of, sort of. I live in Winter Haven, which is like in between Tampa and Orlando. So it's pretty Sorry, to close to everything. Time. Melanie, you were originally our Carol Potter, and then, and then we we moved you out for Carol Potter. 
Yes. You- I mean, if I had to be replaced, you know, at least it was it was an authentic replacement. I couldn't have asked to be replaced with anyone better than Carol. So well, we have yeah. some compensation for you. Don't worry. We yeah. Have some compensation <laughs> hey, Chuck, yeah. Wanna, in all sincerity, though, I mean, it's not an easy part to fill the role of a young Kelly. I mean, you and we said this on the um when when Caitlin did this, you you gave her a very co- kind compliment, and I'll let you share that again. But I mean, um, how did you think she did it with this? Well, it, it just was really great. I mean, I wanted to say something before we all got before even Carol left about um, Jonah Platt, who you read up, who mm. cut opposite it, and Larry made a reference to his uh, his handsome visage. Mm. So and, handsome, um, yeah. Jonah was mm. the lead on Broadway of. Wicked, he played mm. the male lead, nice. right? And you held, and there right. was no different, you just held your own with him, yeah. That's you know, because that's, now yeah. part of it was great writing, he cut it really great together, <laughs> and you were right. terrific. And what Peter was alluding to is when we recorded it, I did say to you, you you'd mentioned maybe you're going to be moving Florida. I asked you, when are you moving to New- Atlanta? You said you're moving to New Orleans. It's a good state for for in the South where they actually make a lot of production and you should follow that dream if it ever was a dream. Yeah, it was. Uh, Thank you very much. You won't play the ingenue anymore, but nonetheless, you'll be good. (laughs) All those videos uh, that you made for us paid off. Yeah, those were those were just for fun, but it, it was like when you said that you like my uh, my Jackie one, and that was that was just me messing around, and it was like I got super into it, and I was like, that was a little freaky how I just became Jackie. You committed; it was great. Yeah. That was well, fun. when you came from, we should mention that this came from uh, the Story Slam with Connor. That's right. Which, uh, oh, absolutely. Let's. We should give the end of season with us all. <laughs> we just realized that this whole thing began as a as a fan centric uh, show. A promotion we had, you know, where people submitted storylines within this timeline thing we we're into called Story Slam, and Connors was one of the three that uh, that we selected. It wasn't the winner, but it was I think second place. I can't who knows what, but it was a, a really fascinating one. And uh, Connor, I know is not watching now, but he is going to be watching, and I just really want to thank him for this. And it, hopefully, he just loves it as much as we do. Uh, yeah, he was invited to come on tonight, but he can't because he's working so hard. He's there recording music, recording albums that have to be done. He's won. Uh, uh, he's, had, he's released his own original music, which is very well and is very good. Really good. Yeah, um, very, very and unique. So, yeah, he he would be. Uh, uh, I look forward someday to go to Dublin and, and, yes. and get to raise a pint. I, we can't wait, you know. On our European tour. He was part of our, our he was an, a Planet 90210 alumni. Yes. Caitlin, yes. when you win your first award, don't forget to thank all of us here at the at the at the Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero show. Right? The little people, nine hundred two one zero is literally where it all starts for me. All right, we're going to run an old ad, and then we're going to come back and get into the next one of these. Caitlin, thank you. Have a great Christmas thank and you. all the Merry things Christmas. that you're you're going to do. Okay. Well, well, well. When was the last time you checked out the Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero show shop? Because now it's loaded with so much more stuff. Did you ever want to join the gang at CU? Because now you can wear your official CU t-shirt. Or want to get into the fun with America's zip code? Represent with this cool swag. Or maybe you have an invite to the Peach Pit after dark and need the coolest shirt ever. We have loaded the store with so much more. So don't be a squeeze. 
Head over to Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com for all the latest goods. Okay. Hey, so- hey, before you move on, before you move on, I got to do my my toast. Yes, and I got to just ask my friend Melanie, does she see what I put on the chat? Oh, you know what? I'm in the uh, public comments here. I did not see what you put Yeah, in the I need some help here. there. So please. Uh, okay, I'll check that out. A little out. bit we need. But okay. I want we're doing, to, we're doing a toast. toast. Okay. I'll do another toast. And this is a toast to, it's a toast to Christmas music. And and I was inspired, like my friend Larry Mullen, you wouldn't know this necessarily to look at Larry, but Larry has been a poet for most of his life, right? You're, you're a real poet. My daughter, Lindsay, uh, of, of Cruel Intentions, the musical fame, is a poet. And yes. uh, I decided to write a toast to Christmas, a poem to Christmas music. Very short. Here it is. Love it. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire, walking in a winter wonderland. Walking around the Christmas tree, Santa baby. Little Saint Nick, good King Wenceslas, Mother Mary, come to me. Do they know it's Christmas? Do they hear what I hear? Hark the herald angels sing. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jingle bells, silver bells. We need a little Christmas. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. All I want for Christmas is you. Cheers to that. Very nice. Very nice. Lovely uh, bard. It's bard. Quite a wordsmith. Yes. Okay. Um, Let's bring on two people that are a part of the next story slam, which I believe is the fling. Right. So here is uh, Crystal Crystal and uh, Maggie, Maggie, the author of this uh, this one. All right, this oh, one, Chuck. Right. This this one is the one that probably stays together the most from Maggie's interpretation. Is that true? That's how I see it. I don't know how Maggie sees it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that uh, the the twist at the end, um, you know, was uh, was was startling to her the first time she would be reading it. But I mm. think she likes that, and it and it really played together so nicely, and and um, and really was uh, one of our favorites. And and Crystal. This is all I want to say to you. Next time, we got to get a bigger story for you. Yes. For Donald, you as okay. Donald you, which we'll get, <laughs> you, just, you score. Thank you. And you really do score. Yeah, and, as does uh, Diana and Joseph. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, but we should uh, we should give a disclaimer that the character you see portrayed as Maggie is not Maggie. It's it's, it's <laughs> right. slightly inspired by Maggie. And, right. And her, right. And, her, and, her, and her everyone knows her 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 love of Brian Austin Green. That's right. There I said. Oh, there it is. Dancing in the nineties. I love that one. Just starting out. Maggie lives in New York, and uh, this Maggie lives in Baltimore. So two yes, totally. completely different people. Totally. Okay. Um, and, yeah. and Crystal's in Las Vegas. Vegas. This is a really good one, but this is a different one. It's a fun one. It's more of our our comedy one. Would you say of the of the group? Yeah. But a secret, nonetheless. And uh, yeah, no, it's got it's yeah, because yeah, it's Brian Austin Green. It's a Brian Austin Green, you know, story. Well, it's a David Silver one. Brian is not in this I mean, one. Yeah, yeah um, and Sorry. you know, we have a really two really good actors playing David Silver in this, and they're really good. I can't wait for people to see this. Um, I wanted to also mention real quick, Chuck. I you know, you mentioned your daughter, and I want to let you know that um, 
I had such a great time at Cruel Intentions, the musical. It's still, I think it's still streaming. I think people can it's still. January 3rd. I'm going to pick yeah, this up. So, crewmusical.com. This thing is really incredible. And make sure you guys go go check that out. All right. Are you guys ready to jump into the fling and watch this one and want to kind of move this thing along here? Is that cool? All right. Here's the fling. Hit it. Remember that silly video I made for what I did in my summer vacation where I popped in a shot of live crabs as an homage to Ariel Hunter, the sexy A&R gal from the limo, the one Donna saw me with? Well, to refresh your memory, I was invited to go on Babyface's summer dream tour, which in my case resulted in all of three gigs in Fresno, Boise, and Tacoma before Kenny and the Real Band took off for seven weeks in Europe, with Ariel, by the way, who dumped me faster than you could say off Dieterson. I spent the rest of the summer feeling sorry for myself at Mel's timeshare in Lake Arrowhead until right before CU kicked up again. We traded places with me staying at his condo in BH, which was walking distance from Doheny's. That's right, Doheny's is the trendy place where Brandon, Steve, and Kelly took Valerie on her first night in town. Of course, I didn't know who was in the house when I started my nightly ritual to try yet again to persuade Jesse to be cool and serve me one of his legendary kamikazes. Hola, Jesse. I've had a seven up, a Shirley Temple, and three shots of tequila. I could have sworn I heard him say, Uh-oh. Okay, fine. Lose the seven up in the Grenadine. I took the open seat at the bar before realizing I had just sat down next to Donna. I tried to stay nonchalant. Hey, Donna. How you been? Her jaw dropped, her eyes widened. 2020 hindsight, she may have gone into shock. Admittedly, I got a little flustered as the DJ went old school with Bowie. I started singing along. Let's dance. Donna's response was memorable, and it was brief. Fuck you, David. And then she flipped me off with two birds before storming out. I turned to Jesse, who was going into his last year of law school. I think there's a case to be made for me getting a sympathy margarita. He laughed and then took someone else's order. The girl in the next stool saw it all. Well, if Donna won't dance with you, I will. You know Donna? Oh, yeah. We go way back. Let's dance. That was Maggie. She was a knockout. Maybe 25, maybe 35. She leads me onto the dance floor, spins around, pulls me closer, laughs, then tenderly plants one on my lips. You let me know when you want that margarita. <sighs> Tempting, but I'm driving down to Palm Springs tonight. Cool. When are we leaving? The next thing I know, we're in the car on a fairly empty freeway, passing the twinkle of downtown. Maggie asks if it's okay if she closes her eyes. And with eyes wide shut, she rubs my inner thigh all the way to Palm Springs. She wakes up cooing as I pull onto the driveway, punching the code, go through the gate. We walk down the path to the pool, arm in arm. I turned her on the jacuzzi, cranked up the jets, pointed to a private cabana. There should be a lot of bathing suits to choose from. If you say so. Say what? Well, it seems awfully lame to put on a suit when we both know it's only a matter of time before you are going to rip mine off. Makes sense to me. My next sense memory is being in the jacuzzi, butt naked, about to get busy when- <gasps> David? Oi, bae. Grandma? She's seated in the driver's seat of a motorized electric buggy with my disbelieving grandpa in the passenger seat. Again? There's no musical soundtrack on the drive back to LA, just silence, punctuated by my ranting. 
First time they caught me in the jacuzzi, I was a freshman at West Beverly trying to impress the cool kids. And this time, they assured me they'd be in Rancho Mirage getting their monthly blood transfusions. So you've told me five times already. So how about you do us both a favor and shut up? Maggie was just getting started. I should have known better than to think that all the bad juju from the shittiest weekend ever was behind me when we started dancing and the magic happened. Doing it in the hot tub was supposed to be the elixir, the cherry on top, the start of a new beginning, and then poof! The cool cat from Beverly Hills turns into a moody piece of shit because his granny saw him with a hard-on. Okay. Okay, I can see the humor, but it was humiliating. It was hot and bothered until you flipped out. Why was it such a shitty weekend? Maggie didn't answer right away, as if she was summoning up the strength to open up. And when she did, it flowed. I flew out to L.A. from Baltimore to serve as the maiden of honor at my younger sister's wedding in the Crystal Room at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Oh, that sounds brutal. It is, when it causes all 384 guests, many of whom I've never met before, come up with their wino breath and their sanctimonious pity to say how sorry they are that it was my fiancé and not theirs who left me and not them at the altar twice. Ouch. What kind of creep would do such a thing? The kind named Pete Ferrero. So sorry, Maggie. Yeah. First time, shame on you. Second time, I've been catatonic ever since. When did this happen? Two years ago. You've been depressed for two years? And celibate. Well, that was a mood changer. We pulled off the freeway, parked by a pasture on an access road, and boogied until the cows came home. The sun was already up as we reached downtown from the other direction. So, what's on tap for today? Catching a flight back home. I was hoping you'd stay in town a while, you know? I know, but what we had was a fling. Blissful. In some ways perfect, but a fling. And to preserve my mental health, that's how I always want to remember it. Remember you. I offered to give her a ride to LAX, so we swung by her boutique hotel in Beverly Hills, found a spot directly across the street. Maggie confessed she was tempted to invite me upstairs, take a later flight back to Baltimore, but she teaches English as a second language and said she can't let down her students, mostly refugees from around the world. Wow, I had no idea that's what you did, who you are. That's why we call it a fling. Come here. I gave her a big hug. Neither of us wanted to let go. So we didn't. Two weeks later, I'm back in my doctor's office. No, 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 it can't be crabs. She told me she was celibate. The doctor at Student Health wrote me up a prescription for penicillin. Two hours later, I kissed Claire Arnold for the first time and never told her or anyone else what happened. And to this day, I never felt the need to go to Baltimore.
All right. <laughs> Maggie, what are you the villain in this thing? I mean, you're going to get the heat now. <laughs> I love that heat. so much. The comments Pete. are coming in. Well, you know, thank you, Melanie, yeah. thank you for that. Yes. Yeah. Well, of course, I, I wanted to give you credit. Where, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and, and, and it's hilarious, too, because everybody is saying, uh, Pete, uh, why did you leave her at the altar? Pete, how could you? I was so wrong about that. Damn, Pete. How could you, Pete? Thank you. Sorry, Maggie. Damn it. Originally, I just want the fans to know, originally, we, we had it in the script twice. We mentioned the infamous Pete Ferrero. Pete Ferrero. We're back just to the one. That's right. So, Maggie, um, what what is your thoughts? You, this is what you created. This came up with this concept. You did Story Slam and went through the process. What do you think of the of the product of this of this thing? How this turned out? That was fun. He sounded just like Brian. Charles, you want to talk who, about who yeah, this is? Aaron. His name is Aaron Caro. He is Bravo. a very funny uh, professional comedian. Uh, my daughter stalked him when he she was at University of Pennsylvania. He had just graduated as the well-known comedian, and she stalked him, and they became writing partners. Incredible. And uh, they've actually sold something that's going to uh, – so we're happy for them. Uh, and uh, and they actually did a pilot once for CBS. So, But Aaron is just really great, and uh, it was really um, – you know, there was a few of these things. Also, Jared, who played young uh, – David. Uh, David. It was in the original productions of Cruel Intentions, the musical. So this one was a big assist from Lindsay Rose. Oh, big time. Yeah. But, but well, Aaron Carroll really hit the note on this thing. And really, he held that thing. Yeah, it was great. It really, here's Aaron, wherever he is. For sure. And um, Maggie and Crystal, uh, Crystal, much love to you this Christmas. I hope you guys both have a really good uh, one. Give our love to your families, uh, Maggie and both of you. Yeah, um, and Crystal, okay. you want rock, babe, because you just, you know, it really just set the mood and set the tenor, right? It, you know, and again, you know, it's going to be an audio podcast. It's going to I mean this. It's gotta be. It's gotta. You actually sound like Donna. I mean, I, I this time I closed my eyes. I went. I closed my eyes. I think it's Tori Spelman. Um, I want to say that uh, people, everyone watching this, stick around because we have the fourth one of these things is going to be epic and incredible. It's a Christmas oh in London. God. Melanie saw it preview of it. It's really cool. So uh, this next one is going to be very fun too. But uh, that one's coming around in just a little bit. And Jason Priestley was re reunited, re returned as Brandon. So that's coming. Go ahead, Chuck. I haven't seen it. I want them to know this was Pete's surprise to me. That's right. I, I, I saw parts of it, but I don't know exactly the sequence in the pub and a few other people. That's I have right. No idea what's in store. All right, I we're gonna it. we're gonna say goodbye to Crystal and Maggie and bring out our next group here. here. Bye, ladies. So we have. But before uh, we do, okay, we got one more toast. This is a toast. I'm going to smoke on this one if you don't mind. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's Christmas. Yeah. We're both herbalists. Yeah. You know that. Anyway, um, I want to toast to the great Christmas movies. Okay. And, you know, four come to mind immediately. Miracle on 34th Street. It's a wonderful life. Love that. Love that one. Mm -hmm. Home Alone. Oh, my oh, God. Classic. And, of course, The Nightmare classic. Before Christmas and that. Mm -hmm. But... You know who's keeping the Christmas movie spirit alive, of course, is <laughs> our good friends at Hallmark. That's Hallmark true. made 41 effing Christmas movies this year. Yep. And I asked Melanie to go in and, and pick out a couple of her favorites. So here they are. I think you'll like 
here's five of them. Boyfriends of Christmas Past. Mm. I love that one, Chuck. <laughs> Me too. The Santa Stakeout. Oh, my God. This is incredible And this stuff. one for Larry, who's a vine- Martha's Vineyard guy. Nantucket Noel. <laughs> and then there's Christmas it writes CEO. It writes itself, Chuck. It writes itself. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas CEO, of course. And of course. then... And then I think my personal favorite, which I shared with with Melanie, the nine kittens of Christmas. That sounds Let's incredible. Let's raise our glass. Right, meow. Cheers. Merry meow. Christmas. There you go. <laughs> I feel like our friend Jenny Garth had one of those this year. So she did, uh, maybe two actually. Have, I think she might have had Great for uh, people working. In so go go check that out. Coyote Creek Vancouver, Christmas. You know, all right, More we're getting one to choose from, so go for it. Yeah. We showed this one when we first started doing the story slams to show you what it was all about. We're going to play it again. This is Dylan's confession. Larry, um, really good stuff. I want you to tell us what it's about, but let me bring out some of the um, the yes, cast girl. here. So glad you could make it. This was the winner of the story slam contest, by the way. Oh, that's right. Michelle Lojack in Queens, New York, New York. Uh, and wrote and uh, we developed from that and I want to give her full credit there. Uh, she, I know she's seen it once. And then there's Louise from London. Oh my God, it's late there. Hello, Louise. So good to see you. Ho, ho, ho. Louise, and, Louise, and, this and, is past your curfew. What time yeah, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Louise, isn't, isn't there a pub you're usually hanging out in right now? <laughs> well, not now. Yes. London's locked down, unfortunately. Are, what time is oh, it? It's <laughs> 10 to 2 in the morning here. Oh, good. Well, that's and wonderful. Jessica's in Chicago, my friend. Party you're still on. in Chicago, Jessica? Yes. Yeah, yes. She's in Chicago. Oh, it's great to see everyone there. Um, yeah, I mean, you can see, you know, how, how we've developed these things. You watched the first two. You hadn't really seen them. Did you get to watch them, the, uh, the Fling and the Lord of the Dance? Yeah, they're really pretty, good. Pretty, pretty cool. And this one, in a way, is the simplest one. We have one actor who couldn't be here today. He's not coming. Is he Tom? Price? I don't see him. No. And he he had the and he was so excited to be able to someone who would portray Dylan McKay because obviously yeah. our, our dear Luke Perry is no longer here. So it's a it's, it was big shoes to fill, and he just threw himself into it. And he it's the only one where we have the older Dylan play the younger Dylan as well. That's right. And. Then we have uh, uh, Jessica Gimino joining us right here, who, who plays, you know, in the story. This again, it's a secret, and Jessica Dylan's going to reveal. You know, the ultimate Jessica is playing Michelle. So we have. It's almost <laughs> oh, like when we had the two Molly Campbells on the other day. Right. This is. I mean, it's really <laughs> easy. We were looking for a Michelle type, and we cast uh, Jessica. Uh, yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, there you go. I mean, uh, this is what Hollywood is like. You know. <laughs> that's right. Well, yes. I also want to point out that there was a certain time that you know we had done the the story slams. We had picked out the three that jumped out at us. And uh, Larry went to the vineyard, and I stayed here in L.A. And all of a sudden on uh, Facebook messages, it's like Michelle writes me and uh, texts me and says, where's my story? That's my right. Mom wa- my yep. mom wants to know. Well, that, you know, <laughs> got me and Larry, you know, picked up. And so uh, I thank you I for that, for getting us off our ass, Michelle. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. This has turned that's into that's a serious true. thing. That's it's a lot of fun. True. That's absolutely true. I mean, when you see what happened with Christmas, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, all right. Let's I'm get- sorry that Tom is in here. I, I definitely invited him. Why don't you check out and see if he's having trouble? You know, he's 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 he and his wife are up in the mountains, and uh, oh. mm-hmm. well, he's phenomenal he's in this. Let's phenomenal. And, let's and uh, again, this is uh, 
Dylan's confession. Let's move right into it. And Mm. this is that one. Cheers. Okay, no one knows the real version of this. Not Kelly, not Brenda, not Bran. This happened way before the Walshes came to town, before I was at West Bev, during the summer of Iris and Jack's brutal divorce, where the goal was to go for the jugular and squeeze. They went to war over everything. Couldn't agree on anything except that their son, Dylan, was a mess. By the time I reached the end of middle school, I had already been kicked out of two prep academies as well as a shitty little school for shitty spoiled rich kids. My drinking had become a daily thing and I just got caught smoking pot. My parents flipped a coin and Iris must have lost because next thing I knew, I was on a night fly bound for Maui. Dylan, get out here. You don't fly 3,000 miles to stay in bed all morning. I'm jet lagged, Iris, go easy. Get up. Iris was in the garden. I was half asleep. There was way too much sunshine. Iris lived up country in a glorified treehouse in Kula with magnificent view of the channel to Lanai. But all I could see were the two little bottles of Jack I yanked off the flight attendant's cart waiting for me in my suitcase. Walking to the patio, I turned a blind corner and tripped over the most perfect tanned pair of legs and floral board shorts. They were connected to a body belly down within a flower bed. Oh, shit. Sorry. I'm running on fumes. No, my fault. I didn't mean to block the path. What are you doing down there anyway? The plumeria, you know, needed some extra TLC. She got to her feet and wiped off the dirt and fertilizer from her faded sleeveless t-shirt. She was as exotic as the blooms she was tending. I couldn't tell if she was my age or a couple years older didn't matter. Her smile was brighter than the damn sun. Dylan, this is Michelle Ramos. Michelle, my son, Dylan McKay. We shook hands, and even with Iris there, it was not at all awkward. Michelle was Filipino, something in the color of the coffee-shaved ice her parents served from the back door of their little fish restaurant in Paya. Iris was a regular, and before long, she invited Michelle to become her apprentice three mornings a week. A nice break from the drudgery and smell of a summer spent washing dirty dishes for her parents. Michelle went back to pluck her sick plumeria, and over a breakfast of papaya, toast, and island ground coffee, I had to listen to Iris bag on my father while criticizing me for being exactly like him. She was right. Like Jack, I wasn't listening. I couldn't take my eyes off Michelle, and she knew it. So when Iris went off to a yoga class, Michelle gave me a crash course in gardening, identifying all the flowers she's been tending. This one is Frangiapani, that's hibiscus, tiger orchid, bird of paradise. It all just dripped like honey off Michelle's lips that I so wanted to kiss, but I also wanted to get into my suitcase. I came back with the little bottles and offered her one. She cringed, told me she comes from a long line of drunks, adding that the last thing the islands need is another one. She then challenged me to pour them out and go one week without any booze, beer included. I took the dare, threw the bottles over the embankment, and moved on to plan B. Well, how about we score some pot? Bet it grows like gangbusters up here. So they tell me. You've never tried it? I live in Maui, dude. Of course I tried it. And? 
The first time it made me giggly. The second time it made me sleepy. The third time I got paranoid. Who needs that? Oh well, some fantasies pan out better than others. I headed back up the path to the house to lick my wounds when the sweetest words a Southern California boy could hope to hear came tumbling out her mouth. Hey Dylan, do you surf? Is water wet? Tomorrow, early, I'll show you my spot. We headed down to the coast in a rusted jeep before the sun decided to come out and join us. She turned off a windy dirt road past a sign that warned that trespassers would be prosecuted and continued until we reached a white sand beach with the most brilliant turquoise water you can imagine. We grabbed our boards and paddled out to a hidden reef where these pitch waves that started in Tahiti would roll in all summer long. We were the only ones there. In between sat sitting on our boards, she told me how she adored my mother who believed in her and paid her like an adult. She hoped to be the first in her family to go to college to study landscape design, even though her parents expected her to work full time after high school. Man, listening to Michelle, I felt ashamed how unmotivated I'd become how unfocused, ashamed how easy I had it. The waves were closing out, so we came in and napped side by side on the sand, wet skin on wet skin. Our eyes closed, but not for long. Chopped down VW dune buggy right out of Mad Max was coming for us with some large locals aboard. I'd surfed spots on Maui before I knew there were some serious island rules, tough beach gangs to navigate got to my feet to meet them like a young prince of peace when Michelle stopped. Let me. Michelle went straight for the leader, a tattooed Samoan-sized behemoth and cut-off jeans and chains for a shirt. That was Bobo. They spoke with that broken island dialect. The only word I could make out for sure was howl. Michelle held her ground, and eventually Bobo gave up his scowl and walked my way. Baby girl says you okay. I remember smiling. My chin remembers getting popped with a sudden and solid right jab, a sucker punch. I went down. Oh, Bobo, what did you hit him for? It's the price of admission. Welcome to my rock, bruh. Yeah, you can surf whenever. Bobo was true to his word. I surfed my ass off there that whole trip. Michelle would venture out with me whenever she was free. Otherwise, we'd have lunch together with Iris whenever she would come to work. Speaking of Iris, I overheard her on the phone gabbing to someone about my improved attitude, crediting Michelle with my sudden transformation. Mom was right for a change. Being clean and sober agreed with me, and it must please Michelle since she was the one who initiated our first kiss. It didn't get crazy between us. We always kept it cool. A couple of kisses here and there with a little heavier action on the good nights. I didn't want to push knowing I'd be leaving soon, especially since Iris warned me that her parents were impossibly strict and she was probably a virgin. What about you, Dylan? Have you ever? Oh, I can't anyone ever ask me that before. I mean, I was rich, lived in a hotel, so I must be a player, right? And of course, I never tried to disabuse him of that notion, preferring to cement my reputation for being mad, bad, and dangerous to know. The night before I was flying back home, there was a big locals-only party to celebrate Bobo's birthday, and we were invited. It was going down at one of the cane fields. Michelle really wanted to be there even more after her parents nixed it, so I became part of the deception. 
I promised your parents and I promised Iris to have Michelle home from the movies in Kihei by 10.30. The night sky was high, the moon could not have been fuller. Tie sticks and bottles of oki were being passed around. Oki is the preferred bootleg booze of the island made from taro root and sugar cane. It supposedly packs a white lightning wallet. I wouldn't know. Michelle made sure I didn't touch the stuff. But we did toke up a few times when the blunts got past our way. The raggedy ass reggae band was playing Bob Marley on an endless loop, and we sang along at the top of our lungs as we danced with our arms around each other. You got to lively up yourself and don't be no drag. It was still early, not even eight. Bobo orchestrated a drunken stony game of hide and seek in the cane fields. Michelle and I hid deep within the stalks. No one was gonna find us and nothing was gonna hold us back. We wanted each other and couldn't stop. I confess that for all my posturing, I had never gone all the way and neither had she. We let our bodies lead and climaxed as one. Later on, there was a massive display of fireworks to honor Bobo. We were kids and all aglow until a barrage of misfired bottle rockets came down wrong and set the cane field ablaze. It got nuts in the smoke and confusion. We were caught on the wrong side of the highway and the wrong side of a promise with no way to get home till early the next morning. Michelle's parents were furious, grounding Michelle for the rest of the summer, making her quit her job with Iris to work full time as a dishwasher. Iris was livid making it clear how disgusted she was with me on the ride to the airport. Your aura is what? You're worse than your father, now get out of my car. On the flight back, I scored two jacks and a tank array off the beverage cart. Back home in Beverly Hills, I never told anyone about Michelle. I didn't want to cheapen what we had. Michelle was my first, I was hers. Now you know. Let me have someone join us here. Oh, yes. Merry Christmas. Hey. Everybody doing Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Merry all that Christmas, good stuff. We were trying to get months to dress up as Santa, but you don't have a red hat. <laughs> I don't. I have zero stuff. I don't even have a red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Although I could probably play the shit out of Santa. Oh, yeah. Chuck, you were calling you the real... You were calling him the. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to make sure you're with the island. You're having your Christmas there. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm no uh, with my parents taking uh, taking care of my parents right now. Um, my dad had a adver adverse reaction to the to the vaccine, so his health is declining. So I'm trying to help out my my parents as much as possible. Oh, I'm really sorry, sorry to hear, to hear that, that, man. Yeah. 
All right. Well, um, I want to ask Jessica, you had the lead here in this this thing with Tom. Uh, what was it like getting into this 90210 universe? It was it was so much fun. I was thinking about stuff. I was like, um, I was trying to get into character and I wore the lay and then it scratched the microphone. So all the <laughs> effort I put into getting dressed. Yeah, I thought about like, you know, what's her favorite song? Right. <laughs> what was yeah. number one on the Billboard charts? I'm trying to like like do the math. So how old was Dylan when he, you know, and then yeah. what year would that have been? Stuff like that. I was trying to get into character. Uh, you know, the character is the same ethnicity as I am. So that was, that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Munz, getting to play something different in the 90210 universe? Was that fun? Oh, yeah, it was great. Good fun, man. I love yeah. it. <laughs> you nailed and, it. Uh, I, 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 tried to, I tried to be Bobo. <laughs> you nailed it, yeah. <laughs> you know, we should say that, you know, Jessica auditioned for that thing on the uh, on the Story Slam open call. I mean, uh, right. and it's just lit up lit up the internet i i thought i mean we just, we just knew we were so lucky to to have her there and also and, and also it would be a real mistake not to say how accomplished jessica is she goes to northwestern she does ted talks yes and she's she's on and she wrote program. a really nice thing about us so that was really yeah i wrote about it on my blog fashionably ill and i talked about the show how do we find your blog uh jessica what is it oh uh, well it's you could just Google fashionably ill or mm-hmm. you, my name. It's www.jessicahimeno.com is the URL. All right. Perfect. Everybody go check it out. Louise, it was great seeing you. You're going to hang out with yeah. us because you're also in the next thing as well. So chill, yes. chill here with us. Yeah, yeah. I want it before you leave, Michelle, I wanted to ask you after you've seen this before and you're seeing it again here on the super deluxe Christmas party. What did you think? I think it's great. Each time I see it, it's uh, surreal to see something that I, thought about be you know like acted out actually because of how much i love 90210 so it does mean a lot to me and tom really i he just carries that thing oh, really he casts a spell basically and i just wish we had had a couple more shots of uh of michelle uh and, and tom later on in the thing we kind of probably should have uh Look a little bit. More well, we didn't give him any dialogue, and, and speaking of shots, uh, you know, Brittany, we, you know well, I didn't know we were we were doing a travel log here. We had all these uh, wonderful, pretty shots, uh, pretty shots yeah. that I wasn't expecting. Seems fine and for a radio play. Sure, why not? Yeah, right. No, well, this is a this is a visual podcast. Updated. It is a updated version. I like it. It's just really great that everyone got involved, and it was kind of you know this was you know it was good. It was a winner. It was close to what you guys written. So that was all right. We are going to say goodbye to Jessica, Michelle, and Munts, and we are going to let Louise stay here with us. It's good to see you. Love you guys. Merry Christmas. Love you too, my man. All right. Um, Well, I'm glad. I'm glad Jessica's here because the next show, the last one we're doing, is called Christmas in London. (laughs) London happens to be a city that's near and dear to Larry and I. Larry had his his play, uh, his first play, he had produced. in this Mr. modern Square. incantation done in London. I came to be there. London is fun. my favorite city in the world. I'm so heartbroken. It's going through some tough times right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I raised my grass to a Christmas in London. And yeah, at this point, I'm getting pretty drunk. <laughs> there you go. You know, and, and we should send some best wishes out to people like Jessica and Chip and uh, other other people we haven't seen in a while that we yes. part of. Yeah, we love you, Jessica Klein. You know, um, and, think the world um, of you. 
and uh, yes, um, definitely. And um, hmm. there's somebody else. I, oh gosh! I Before we do this, this one, I want to Karen give every- Rosen, who was going to be on, but is not going to be. Karen Rosen, and I mentioned Lindsay Rosen before, and I saw that that with uh, Lisa, who was wonderful, and that was such a fun time. Before oh, we, Joey Tata, yeah, yeah. Joey Tata, our Joey friend Tata. Joey Tata. Mm-hmm. Um, before we actually play this, what I'd like to do is play that ad again, the old ad. And I want everybody who has been waiting for Jason Priestley to tell each other, hey, Jason Priestley is going to be on in a little bit. So uh, give yourselves a minute or so and then get everybody that you know to come watch this. We're going to play the ad and then we're going to come back with Christmas in London. Well, well, well. When was the last time you checked out the Beverly Hills 90210 show shop? Because now it's loaded with so much more stuff. Did you ever want to join the gang at CU? Because now you can wear your official CU t-shirt. Or want to get into the fun with America's zip codes? Represent with this cool swag. Or maybe you have an invite to the Peach Pit after dark and need the coolest shirt ever. We have loaded the store with so much more. So don't be a squeeze. Head over to Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com for all the latest goods. Uh, all right, we're about to get into Christmas in London. Chuck, before you were talking about all the uh, Christmas albums, where does this one uh, lay in your in your uh, in your list? The Bing Crosby Christmas album, the the Bingo. Um, you know, uh, the one when I was a kid. You know, you 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 expect me to say something about White Christmas? Yes. But really, when I was, and I'm now aging myself a lot. Uh, you know, 11, 12 years old is when he had a big hit with. Do you hear what I hear? That's Which right. I gave an ode to a uh, in, in my my Christmas uh, music. Uh, yeah, I, I was like your, rock, right, around the Christmas it? tree with Brenda Lee. You know, I'd best rather be rocking. Yeah, rock exactly, buddy. I thought you liked that one. Uh, my brother, by the way, composer of Nartuo has Kristen Chenoweth uh, Christmas album, which is uh, you can stream it. I mean, I would. Yeah, I kept saying, for, I don't even have a CD player anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you should stream it. It's very good. Kristen Chenoweth is a you know she's a real yeah. treasure. She but I will say the, she was the lead of Wicked. Actually, that's right. About Wicked oh, and she's on a her and Joan her and Joan plot man. I will say though, Chuck, you you mentioned the Phil Spector Christmas album. That oh. one is the best Christmas oh, yeah. record. So, all right, let's do this. This is going to be exciting. We're going to see uh, Brandon Walsh come back. This is a Christmas in London, and here we go. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and I combined a cheapy ticket on a night flight with some frequent flyer miles my dad put in my name, and poof, I scored an upgrade for a first-class ticket to London. My idea was to surprise Brenda for Christmas, but when I rang the bell to her flat, you'll never guess who answered the door. Oh my, look what we have here. It's the Minnesota twin. Of course, I rushed to judgment and assumed that Brenda broke down and was sleeping with her teacher that got her into the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, the infamous Roy Randolph, until he explained he was house-sitting. Your sister is in Edinburgh, working on a very hush-hush one-woman show, which opens tonight. 
Roy explained that Brenda built up a rabid fan base in Scotland last summer after being the female lead in a sketch comedy about Shakespeare that took first place at the renowned Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Randolph was about to head to King's Crossing to catch the Scottish Express and wondered if I wanted to join him. I said, pip, pip, cheerio, let's go, laddie buck. But first, we must stop for a pint at Brenda's favorite pub, Barnaby's, which is just down the road at Tavistock Place. Turns out Barnaby's caters to the wannabe theater crowd and Brenda is the yank that everybody loves. I saw Brenda on stage one evening and she was brilliant. I'd come in here afterwards for a drink and she came in after the show finished with some of the other actors. We got talking at the bar and uh, we hit it off straight away. Everyone loves her in here. Um, she talks to everybody and she's the life and soul of the party. I was in a play with Brenda last year and I can tell you the girl is insanely talented. I like some of us here. It's true. It's the I came all the way from Paris just to see Brenda's new play. I love her so much. She's such an amazing actress. Oh, Brenda is so much fun. She's always making me laugh and cheering me up. We both love to dance, so every time we go dancing, we have a blast on the dance floor. I love hanging out with Brenda. Yeah, I agree. I love Brenda. I love hanging out with her and dancing with her and drinking ale. She's just so much fun to be around. Her sense of style is amazing. She always helps me pick out the best clothes. She has this effortlessness about how she dances and how she talks to others. She's always the first on the dance floor. I just love being her friend. No wonder so many people love her. Hey, get out of here. I'm trying to have a drink at a pub. Who's this Brenda? Everyone sure likes her. <laughs> what is this? This is Brandon from California. California. We've been in London 35 years. Kev. From Korea. Brandon is Brenda's twin. Everybody loves Brenda. <laughs> loves Brenda. Everybody. Which one's Brenda? Hey, how you doing? I'm not really from this area. I'm just waiting for my girlfriend from France to come here, Claire Arnold. Um, what's the whole hubbub about here today? Well, uh, Brenda Walsh is on tonight. She's one of our favorite performers. She's an American like us, and she's the best around. Everyone loves her. Where can I find out more about Brenda Walsh? Hey, why don't you ask her over there? Uh, that's her high school principal. Brandon, is that you? Of course it's you. I followed you to London. It is cold here. I am here because you still owe me two hours of detention. Yes, two hours. And they won't let me retire until I can take it off my books. I just came to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Ah, humbug. なんていうのかな、こう嘘がないっていうところ、そこがね彼女の魅力だなってすっごく感じた。Are they supposed to bring us some piggy pudding soon? Oh, Brenda. I met her at a bar after one of her performances. Such a talented girl and absolutely stun
Oh, Brenda. Oh man, I love Brenda. She and I, we met. We met when I was studying abroad in London. Uh, we met at a bar, and she kept doing these shots that she called Lavoine. Uh, they reminded her of her back home. And it was like some stuff with some peach schnapps or something. And you do enough of those and boy, you're bound to show you Joey Tatas. seen her last performances and oh, they were just okay. Felice, don't be ridiculous. Brenda's amazing. Really. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. But that wasn't the crazy part. The crazy part was how much the singer in the pub looked like an older version of Allison, the smoking hot lesbian who literally burned in that house fire with Kelly. As much as I liked her voice, we had a train to catch. We were settling up at the cash register when one of the bartenders rushed over to hand Randolph a fax that Brenda had just sent. Oh, wow. It's a printed program for tonight's show. I didn't quite know what to say when he handed me the fax and I saw the name of the play was The Triangle. And the director was none other and Dylan McKay. All I could think to say came straight from Dickens. Merry Christmas and God bless everyone. There you oh, go. Man. Wow, Mar Mary Beast. Who are those old? This deserves yeah, who are those standing. old Jews in there? I didn't know them, but that's not bad. I thought it was terrific. You're like, you're like the Muppets. You were like the Muppets. I swear. <laughs> you were a little bit like the Muppets. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I love these. Oh, these. these. Yeah. This is fantastic. That was great. Uh, Lisa's, Lisa, I, I loved Lisa's. The banana daiquiris. That was cute. And Leanne, oh my, oh my God, show well, your Joey Tatas. Like, and, and, brilliant. And Catherine brilliant. Cannon and Matthew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you started us off, and Melanie, you were so Melson. critical of yourself. Oh you were very important for the narrative, and that's what you you guys. She was okay. She was okay. Was okay. Okay. Was I love Felice. Thank you, Catherine oh, Cannon, God, who who oh, made man. that happen so quickly, and and also thank you, Matthew Lawrence, who came through uh, in a big way. So uh, that was a fun one, man. 
Chuck, you had some fun visiting Christmas. I don't know what where that pub is, but it's some fun pub. You kept it, us all in there with the nice uh, visuals you structured with that the flyers. Is, on yeah, it was, a lot of, uh, it was really across the world because we had Anna uh, Leon in Paris and Fatty was in Brazil and Louise, of course, is in, in the UK. And then we had Japan. Beautiful. Thank you so much. We met Yuki. Louise, and we met her in yeah. Torrance when we went met yeah. you as well. Yeah, that was yeah. the beginning of the Darren Martin tour. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Anna How'd you looking like very it, Louise? good. You're the you're the only person here from London. How'd you like it? Oh, that was that was fun. Yeah, that was really good. Oh, Chuck, I should say, uh, uh, Jason Carter, who was delightful in this and charming. Larry and I had a blast with Jason Carter that morning. We really did. It was like 25 minutes, and he told us everything that was going on in his life. It was. <laughs> It was really good shit. Yeah. Any of it are Louise will back me up here. But there is no King's Crossing. It's King's Cross. Yeah. He said, you know, he just wanted you to know that. But yeah. he thought it was he thought it was done on purpose that you yeah, were just, you were writing comedy. When we get off when this podcast ends, I will tell you what I think of that comment. <laughs> no, but but in in, in, in fairness, Jason, uh, Jason Carter was having a fun time with it. He was not oh, being. Yeah, he's a good guy. He had, he had I'm sorry, I couldn't be there that morning. I was being my other alter ego. I was being Grandpa Charles. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Louise, we're going to say goodbye to you, and we're going to uh, wrap things up here. Yeah. Um, this has been great, man. This has been a lot of fun doing Story Slam this year. The Super Deluxe Christmas Party is back again. Um, totally a blast. Um, again. I have to say this, I say this every year to you guys, I'm so grateful to both you and uh, Larry for uh, doing this, uh, this podcast and building this community and for writing our favorite show. There are so many people that have said that to me recently. Um, cheers, man. I appreciate you guys so much, Melanie, and for doing all that you do behind the scenes here at the podcast as well. Thanks, so, cheers. Yeah. And anyway, yes. today, we should also remind people that keep streaming the shows. It really helps. That's right. Yeah. The, streaming the shows. On Hulu, uh, and we yeah. really uh, appreciate that. And, uh, you know, keep keep uh, the, the zip alive. That's it. Absolutely. And uh, next week, we're going to air something from season 10. So this is our last show for the year. We'll be back uh, next year with some more stuff for sure. Maybe some more, maybe some more story slams. This, uh, they came out great. I mean, everybody involved in every, in every way was part of it. Hmm. It's really true. This is our New Year's show as well. That's right. Anyway, people should be. All right. So <laughs> thank you, Chuck, for that. And, uh, uh, yeah, have Chuck a great holiday good. season. Good Chuck has gone through some some drinks, which is good. And, uh, <laughs> I'm totally fucked up yes. now. I, like I love it. it. I love it. Hold and on, two and I'm I'm already. Hopefully, uh, everybody soon, and uh, you know. We'll be back in January for more more episodes. Really excited about it. We've got more things to cover, more more big community events, more story slams. Get your story slams ready because we're going to do it again. You guys have now seen what story slam is. So now really get your shit together and start putting these episodes, your, your ideas. How do you want to be in a story slam? Cause it's going to definitely come back. Okay. Yeah, you, you picture my them. <laughs> all right. So uh, have a good one, everybody. I hope you guys all yes. have a happy holiday and um, holiday. Thank, thank you again. Part of our community. Absolutely. Have a good one. And uh, that's all for this week. Cheers. <laughs>